You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Welcome to this week's edition of Mizzou. That's who your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. I am one of your wonderful hosts, Tucker Franklin, joined as always by Gabe Diarman and Maggie Johnson. It's been a busy, uh, busy week in Mizzou Athletics, from the transfer portal to basketball to um, a little bit of everything that we got going on here. Uh, Gabe, how have you been doing? How have you been uh, holding it down? I think it's been like over a week since we talked, since we did the uh, the bull selection show. So it's been a minute since we've uh, sat down together to record a pod. Yeah, it's almost like uh, everyday coaching search right now. Like, I still do things like try to go to the gym or walk my dog, but the whole time I'm like, well, surely 27 things have happened. Every kid is in the portal. Uh, the world is burning as I'm walking my dog around. So it's uh, it's fun though. I, I like honestly, I I told a couple coaches this week. I get why you hate it, but this is great. <laughs> I think it's absolutely awesome. It has been uh, great for entertainment. The transfer portal just all around the country is absolutely insane. Like the quarterback names going into it are incredible. Still waiting on a few dominoes still to fall around the transfer portal before I get up, before I think we start to get a whole lot. But uh, Maggie, how have you been? Good. I feel like every day, kind of like Gabe saying, there's like a new award list coming out too. And I can't figure out if it's one that I've seen yet. It'll be like an All-American list. And I'm like, wait, but is it an All-American list that I've seen or is it an All-American right. list that I haven't seen and somebody else has added to it? So I'm like, wait, no, I haven't seen that one because Tyron Hopper's on it or something like something different. Oh, Chris Abrams is on that one. Mm-hmm. So that's, but it's really cool because, you know, Cody Schrader's on like every single one or Luther Burton's on every single one. So yeah, it's really just cool to see so many Mizzou players on these lists that you're not used to seeing. So yeah, it's really cool. I am surprised by the amount of All-American uh by however many outlets have all American teams uh, that you can be put on. Cody Schrader, I think, was I, I mean, I haven't seen Big Game Boomers All American team yet, and that's really the one that I think Twitter's waiting for, right? Hey, you've gone to the Cotton Bowl, so maybe we'll get maybe you'll get a meet up, get a photo up <laughs> with him with Big Game Boomer himself. Uh, can't wait. I uh, AP released there. All is that the one that we all reserve as like the top All American, or is is that the one Gabers? It's the one I look at the most. Okay. Um, there are five that figure into to be a consensus All-American, which means you get your picture in the hallway and you get plaques and all that. You have to make three of five teams. I, I don't know exactly which five they are. The AP is one of them, certainly. Yeah. Football writers might be. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, like you said, there's so many. I mean, CBS Sports has it and USA Today has it. And now 247. As a, you know, I mean, everybody puts them out, um, but yeah, there there are four or five that are a little bigger than the rest, and you know, it's the same for Missouri players. It's just a matter of first team, second team, and in a couple places, third team. I saw uh, Javon Foster is the first Missouri offensive lineman to be a Football Writers Association All American since 1962, wow. which was wild. Especially we consider some of those offensive linemen that are playing in the NFL currently for the yeah. uh, for some teams. I feel like that's been one of our better positions yeah. that we've had. But they've had a lot of guys like they haven't had any blue chip offensive linemen, really, sure. right? I mean, they've all been guys like Javon Foster who started their careers with very little hype. I mean, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morris these these were outside of Evan Bain. They were just kind of guys, and and even Foster, if you look at it. He got the hype because this is year six, right? I mean, he got the hype because he played well in year four and year five. So he, everybody knew him coming into this year, whereas without the ridiculousness that is eligibility right now, he's not even in college football. So that preseason hype is, uh, unless you just have a Cody Schrader story and you go out and do something that's undeniable, like lead the SEC in rushing, you've got to have that hype in the preseason. I mean, Marvin Harrison was invited to the Heisman ceremony as the as a finalist. And like, look, Marvin had a good season, but 
he didn't have a he didn't have a fourth place in a Heisman season. No, I really the- wrote that down. To even talk about because I thought Malik Neighbors may have had better numbers than Marvin Harrison, and I wasn't really sure why he was there instead of him. But I don't know. Maybe that's for a different conversation. I know Neighbors probably should have won the Belenikov, truthfully. Uh, when you just look at purely on numbers and stuff like that. I, I heard a really good argument for Roma Dunze to win the Belenikov, too. Uh, just when Michael Penix wasn't working, like Roma Dunze was uh, in, in some of those uh, circumstances. But, um, yeah, I, I think I saw Cody Schrader get a first team all AP All-American. Like, that's really cool. Uh, Cody Schrader finishing eighth in the Heisman voting is also really cool. Uh, the highest uh, finish for a Mizzou player since, I believe, 2007. That's Chase Daniel when he was a finalist, correct? Um, just got off the phone with Chase Daniel, actually. Uh, so that was that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of offensive linemen, though, you mentioned Devon Foster, an offensive lineman just hit the portal. Um, as we were starting to record this podcast, um, just came down. Uh, that former Lee Summit North Mustang Hayden Green has entered the transfer portal. Six foot five, three hundred and twenty-five pounds. Uh, enters. A, he was a true freshman last year. Enters with three years of eligibility remaining, um, and he was freshman All American honors this year. Uh, pretty big news game before we decided to step on and record this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it delayed the start a few minutes. Um, <laughs> he was, you know. Caden was a, a top 100 kid out of uh, high school. Played played ball with Armand Mimbo and yep. with Williams Winery. Uh, Armand may or may not have already tweeted an emoji in reaction to Caden entering the portal. Um, but took an official visit to Missouri and like all throughout his recruiting process, Oklahoma was the favorite. Like it was, this is where this kid grew up. He wants to play here. They're going to be really tough to beat. And I talked to Caden the day after his visit, and I mean, he he gushed about the visit. They did it was the best decision I took. They did everything they could. I love it. You know, they really gave me a lot to think about. It ended up signing with OU. Um, but look, this is the lesson in college recruiting now. It's in both sports. Is it? You don't ever burn a bridge because now a year later you never know, right? It, they might be back in the portal, and then. Even if he goes somewhere else, well, a lot of these kids come in with a lot of credits and he might graduate in two years and he might be in the portal again. <laughs> and he might be in the portal with two years to play and he might be able to transfer twice. So like mm-hmm. you're legitimately talking about kids that can play three or four places over the course of five years and get paid three or four times. And it just changes the way you have to handle these things um, when you lose them. You know, I mean, I, I know I know for a fact there was a, a basketball player uh, in in the last couple of years that I think Missouri could have gotten, um, but by the time he was ready to decide, they had kind of filled spots. And and one of the things they really made sure to do was to communicate to the kid, "Look, we really like you. You know, if if something happens down the road, we want to hear from you. The numbers just didn't work out here, but you have to keep those relationships um, because just because you don't get a kid doesn't mean you're not getting a kid." And everything in college football is kind of smoke and mirrors, right? So everybody during the season is talking about how happy they are. Um, we we saw it with Makai Wingo, right? Um, yeah. Immediately after the season, he's talking about, can't wait for next year. Uh, he's tweeting it. It's his pen tweet. Can't wait for next year. Uh, three days later, he's in the portal. A week later, he's at LSU. Okay, so we see Caden Green's tweeting about how happy he is at OU, and he's um, I apparently he's showing a freshman around campus and, and and then you just don't really know what's going on behind the scene with these players though. Because because here's happy. the here's the other thing. Aiden may one hundred percent have been very happy. He may be very happy today, and I'm not saying this is going on with Caden, but this goes on. Um, you know, there's there's some communi- communication, right? And technically it's not illegal because a lot of these kids have agents or they have friends that play at other places that know coaches that know other people. So it might be communicated to a kid who is very happy. Hey, you know, you probably like players like you probably could get 500 grand if they were playing say here. And then it like that works a number of ways. Some, some kids just do it and they're gone and cool. Some kids get that and then go back to the school they're at and say, well, 
I, look, I'm just here and I can get 500 grand there. What can you do? Oh, you can give me 600 grand? Okay, cool. Let me take the 600 grand back to the people that said 500. Like people think it, it's absolutely happening everywhere. These kids are yeah. using NIL offers, legal and less legal, as leverage. I mean, the, the number one thing that every single coach has been doing the last two weeks is going to every one of his current players that he wants back. Okay. What's it take? Like, here's what you made last year. Just again, I'm throwing out names people are familiar with. Brady Cook, you got X number of dollars last year. You had a hell of a year. You're our starting quarterback next year. How much more does it cost? And that's and and some of those kids, that's enough. And some of those kids then use that to, to I mean, it's not any different than anybody entertaining job offers. Some people just say, hey, get close. I like you. I like this company. I don't want to make new friends or enemies or whatever I make at work. Just get close and we're good. And then some people are going to collect seven offers and go around and shop them 14 times and end up taking the best one. And it's, I I don't, it, you can either complain about it and whine about pampering and NIL, or you can do like Eli Drinkwood said three years ago, this is it. You need to play or not play, but it's yeah. not going away. This is the game. Well, and look at the way that these local kids are being treated. Look at the way that Luther Brayden is being treated as a home state kid. Look at the way Brady Cook is treated. Look at the way that Cody Schrader is treated being from the state of Missouri. Now, I'm not saying that the money isn't great. I'm not saying that the money isn't great. Right. Well, when you perform, of course. But right. <laughs> there's right. a prerequisite here. That oh, of course. Of course. But... Who wouldn't want to be treated that way whenever you perform that way? Like, that is, the money comes when you perform and you're from your home state. Like, that is every kid's dream. Look, if you that have enough art, the money dream. comes before you perform. Yeah. About to say. And, it only, and it only keeps coming. It only yeah. keeps coming. Brady Cook is only making more money the better he plays does also help when your home state passes legislation that you can make money at high school. Uh, that also it really does help. It only helps. Uh, so also like shout out to like Drinkwitz for, as you, as you mentioned, Gabe, not being like complaining about, you see a lot of coaches out here complaining about like NIL, like we need more NIL money to complain. And I think I saw a message board genius post. I think it was fake. Uh, obviously there's like someone being sarcastic about like, I told my daughter and my son I'm giving them their Christmas money. South Carolina. Like, yeah. like, it's and probably I, fake, but you're never 100% sure, which is why this is great. Yeah, that's why we love college football. Um, I'm sure it's fake. I want to hope, I want to believe, honestly, for my own sanity that it's fake. But you've got, you've got things like that. you got Mark Stoops, after a loss, slouched down in his chair during his coach's show, asking, like, well, we can't compete because we don't have enough NIL money. Or you could be like Eli Drinkwitz and go out there and, and recruit like he's doing. Uh, listen, we've known that about Eli Drinkwitz that he's a very good recruiter, a tenacious recruiter. We know that about him since from his whole tenure at Missouri, and he's proving again um, why he's such a good recruiter. Now, I, I don't think that just because Caden Green has entered the portal, we should jump to the conclusion that it's Missouri, right? I think there's a good indication. There no, are we jump some... to the conclusion they're very much going to be involved and do everything they can. But no, absolutely. Uh, look, I mean, this is. From what I understand, this is not, oh, right. you know, this is not a, I mean, he's not, well, of course it's not done. He's not even actually in the portal. All he said is, I'm going in. So, of course, it's not done. That's very interesting, too, a conversation that I've heard uh, had on a couple of different podcasts about players have to actually go to compliance, fill out the paperwork to enter mm -hmm. the portal. Sometimes you see these players announce on social media, I'm going to the portal, and then no paperwork ever gets done in an effort right. to kind of strong arm the university, as you were mentioning, into more NIL money. And it's a it's a negotiation tactic. The the players, uh, going back to your point, Gabe, have more they have more leverage than the universities than the than the coaches. They make more money now than the coaches yes. than the universities now. It seems like. And look, the coach kind of has to be a GM or a salary cap guy at this point because you can't just give everybody a million dollars. Right. You've got to know, okay, here's what I've got to work with. And if my quarterback costs a million and my offensive line costs two million, here's what I've got for the rest of the roster. And and it is a, you know, it, 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 the money is not unlimited. Um, but kind of going back to what you were saying uh, a couple of minutes ago, this is what I find very interesting about NIL. 
Um, everybody insisted when this started, and by everybody, I mean a lot of fans, especially fans of places like Missouri. Well, we have no chance. All this is going to do is help Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State and USC. Those aren't the schools spending the big money, guys. They don't have to. Kirby Smart can sell, we won two straight national titles and we're a play away from a third. Yes, we're going to pay you, but no, we don't have to pay you stupid money. Yeah. The schools that are paying the biggest money where this is having the biggest impact are the schools trying to catch them. The Missouris, the old Misses, the Nebraskas now. I mean, it's, look, we're not there. We can't sell what they're selling. But with you... If we pay you a little more than they'll pay you, we can get to where they're at. And that's, NIL really, I feel, is, I mean, you're going to a 12-team playoff. Look at the teams that would be in it. Yes, the powerhouses would be in it. But Missouri would be in it. And Ole Miss would be in it. And, uh, you know, there are other teams that Louisville would have had a shot at. You know, so it really is. And, and Dan Wetzel was from Yahoo was the first guy I heard say this at the very beginning. He said, I see this as level in the playing field because, look, the Blue Bloods can't get every. You can't buy everyone, mm-hmm. though. Maybe Boise State can't spend twenty million dollars to get the whole roster, but maybe they can spend three on those two or three kids who really elevate the program, and they can get kids that they wouldn't have gotten years ago. And and I think that's happening. I mean, look, it, look no further than on one side of the ball you've got Luther Burden, on the other side of the ball you've got Williams Winner. Drake's a good recruiter. There are a lot of great things about Columbia, Missouri, and the University of Missouri. And if you are a diehard Missouri fan, just listening to this, wanting to believe that those two kids just love black and gold as much as you do, that is awesome. You should be happy NIL exists, too. To your point, to your point about schools like Georgia not needing, you know, NIL as much as schools like Missouri and Kentucky and things like that. Like, look at um, players like ETN. Okay, so... You have high school recruits coming in to Georgia, and then you have players like ETN that are transferring, right? And ETN probably values himself, I would say, pretty high. And then Georgia can get five-star five star running backs. So whenever they have players that are trying to both go to the school, and ETN is saying, okay, I want this much money. And so if he wants to go there and then the, a five-star fr- coming an incoming freshman is going to say, well, no, because I'm not going to come to your school if you're taking ETN. And so what's Georgia going to do? Is Georgia going to say, well, well, we want this five-star freshman or do we want ETN? And you, they have to make a decision, right? Yeah. So you have to decide if you're going to value themselves. Well, Georgia's probably going to be like, well, then no, we're not going to take ETN because we're going to put our you know, we're going to put our eggs in this basket instead. So, right. They get, they get to choose. That's, that's the value of having, they can take the lower amount in that, in that five-star recruit. That's, that is the perk of being a school like Georgia. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it it is a nice thing, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It is the money, the money thing is like, the nice thing about Mizzou too, people don't think about this, is like businesses in like the state of Missouri, we have so many more and we'll go in our large cities. Like people don't think about that. We have St. Louis and Kansas City. What do cities like what cities do does Mississippi have? What cities do Kentucky have? I mean, they have like Louisville. But like we have those large cities that like Desiree can go to and try to like pull those businesses out. I know we get like donations or like not donations but we get nil from like edward jones we get nil from those cities but a lot of places don't get that i think people need to like remember that too that is like a a perk of having those cities in missouri i think so i mean it's it's huge nil obviously is shaping the future of uh both sports in terms of football and basketball uh, in columbia it's it's exciting. It's it's very exciting. We haven't they Mizzou has landed two other transfers that we're gonna get to here in a second too, before we even get to the basketball side of things. Uh, because there's a lot going on in college football, Gabe, as you mentioned and I believe it was your Monday morning ten things that like football is legitimately twenty four seven. Uh whether it's NFL, college football, it's twenty four seven. 
And you can always rock your Missouri Tigers 24-7 with home field apparel. You like that plug right there? You like that transition? That was pretty professional. Professional segue. That felt really good. I'm rocking the uh, Mizzou, uh, Mizzou, Mizzou Ross shirt. Maggie, you got the fight for Mizzou football one right there. They've got a lot of good uh, sports-specific ones. They've got a lot of good uh, just generic Mizzou shirts over there at homefieldapparel.com. they got all kinds of sales going on. They're in their 12 days of Christmas right now, so every day they're getting a new sale going on. And I think Dad Hats today, they've got a sale on. So go check them out. They've got Mizzou. they got 150-plus other schools if you're interested in anything else that they got going on. Vintage apparel. It all looks really clean. It's all very soft. I love wearing my home field apparel hoodie. It's one of the most comfortable hoodies I own. I wear it frequently. You can ask literally anybody uh, because I'm always wearing that hoodie. I uh, really do appreciate uh, folks over at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, for hooking us up with some great stuff and hooking us up with a promo code where you can get 15% off your first order with the code KCSN23. That's 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com with code KCSN23. We'll be back to talk uh, more transfer portal and some Mizzou hoops coming up next. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's keep it with the transfer portal here. Because uh, Mizzou did sign a, a running back out of the transfer portal from Georgia State, Marcus Carroll. 1,350 rushing yards last year, 13 uh, touchdowns, 23 catches for 234 yards. Um, thoughts on uh, Marcus Carroll, uh, Gabe, as he is uh, coming to Mizzou? I think I saw, I read that he'll be in classes in January, right? He's doing the, yeah. the, uh, the enrollment, so he'll be there for spring ball. Yeah, which is why most of these kids get in the portal as quick as they do, so they can get yeah. to the new campus. Uh, look, thirteen hundred fifty yards, thirteen touchdowns. Uh, Sun Belt, a good league. Um, most people, you know, had him as one of the better running backs in the portal rankings or whatever they are. But but his name was up there with with a lot of the others. Um, Missouri desperately needed a transfer running back. Probably will still take another one, um, maybe two, um, depending on how numbers work out. So. Uh, you know, corner and running back were were probably I'd, I'd say corner, running back, and left tackle are the three places where they knew we need somebody. So, like you're going out and identifying guys very early. You're not necessarily waiting for because there's going to be another wave of portal entrance after bowl games and another one after spring ball. But you're not waiting around uh, on those positions. You need guys that can come in and start at those three positions. So Toriano Pride. The expectation is he starts at corner. Marcus Carroll I, is certainly going to be in the running back or in the in the running for, you know, running back one, two, three, whatever. He's going to get carries. And then uh, who knows? We'll find out if left tackle just got answered earlier today. Maggie, thoughts on Carroll? Yeah, I'm excited. I watched a little bit of his tape, not a lot of Georgia State, obviously, this year. I know that they were a little bit better at the beginning of the season and fell off a little bit towards the end of the season but 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think that, you know, Coach Coop has done a great job at developing running backs. I'm not wor- worried at all about what he can do in the running back position. He's done great jobs, obviously, with Tyler Beatty. So I think Tyler Beatty and with Cody Schrader. So I trust everything that uh, Coach Coop does in the running back room. No worries here. I don't. I think some of people's that I saw on social media, uh, their first response was like, "This was it for running back." I don't think that like that should be the response. Gabe, as you did mention, uh, Missouri's losing two running backs, um, two running backs that got significant snaps. Do you know how many carries Mizzou has coming back next season as of right now? I think I saw this somewhere. How many do they have? Eight. Well, are they all, seven are of they those all? are Tavoris Jones, who got none this year. And look, I, I'm, I'm not saying Tavoris is leaving, but it, it's certainly something that has to be on the radar. You know, he fell behind a, a true freshman last year. They're going to bring in, between high school and portal, they're going to bring in four runners. I mean, you know, so uh, Jamarian Barnett, Burnett, a high school kid, visited last weekend. They got in Carroll. They're looking for another transfer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on trying to to dig up a, a couple names. Obviously, they they looked at Rocket Sanders. I don't think that's something that's being heavily pursued at this point. They're looking at Trevor Etienne. If I had to guess, I would say that's not happening. Um, but there are plenty of other names out there. And, and running backs, like, you can't just take anybody, right? And, and, and it's going to work. But by the same token... A lot of it does depend on your line. I mean, you know, Cody Schrader had an amazing year. And there are probably some other guys who could have had that year. Like, mm-hmm. you know, very rarely do you get... I, I mean, I've probably watched like two or three running backs in my entire lifetime. It goes back to the Barry Sanders and Smith debate, right? We'll put Barry behind Dallas's line. How, mu- how much does he run for? 8,000 a year? Right. <laughs> you know, so it's it's not an insult to Cody Schrader, but it is a place where you don't necessarily have to chase the shiniest object that's going to cost the most because sometimes if you get two or three somewhat lesser guys, they can absolutely match that. Do you think that there would be any shot at all in a flip from Anias Williams, or do you think that that's just... Uh, uh, I don't really... I haven't gotten any indication. Okay. Um, He committed a Notre Dame real early. You know, I, I, I've not really heard his name, but look, literally anything is possible. The number one quarterback recruit in the country moved to Georgia and now might go to Nebraska. <laughs> so I don't know. I, anything is possible. It's that absolutely wild because I feel like we should talk about that a little. I feel like we should talk about that a little bit because obviously for those that don't know, the quarterback. Dylan Rail. Yeah, but the quarterback that was committed to Mizzou, Daniel Kalen, um, after Dylan Rayola committed, like decided he wasn't going to go to Nebraska and was going to go to Georgia, our quarterback decommitted from Mizzou and was like, oh, uh, sorry, Mizzou, I'm going to commit to Nebraska. And now this Dylan Rayola is like, throw my hat back in the ring because my uncle is coaching at Nebraska. <laughs> which which his uncle was always coaching at Nebraska. Let's be real clear here. But but and, didn't, and they, I love didn't, they a, didn't they give him a raise? There's like a raise involved. There is a little bit of something involved here. Here's what's involved. And I love that we can just say this out loud. I think it's pretty clear because Kyle McCord is visiting Nebraska this weekend. Hopefully oh, Fleming, by the way. Fleming, Ohio yeah. State mm-hmm. wide receiver. So mm-hmm. I think it's real clear what happened. No, we ain't doing this five and seven thing again. Matt Rule, mm-hmm. take all our money. Buy mm-hmm. whoever you got to buy because we're not doing this again. Um, and, and so that that gets you back in with a kid that mm-hmm. that maybe you wouldn't have been in with. And, and you know, the whole Kalen thing, like this is, it's just laying bare for everybody. This is why the portal has to exist and the free transfer has to exist. This yep. kid's getting screwed. Now, yeah. Other side of it, did he decommit from Missouri? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Both sides do this, but I tend to try to hold the multi-million dollar adults more accountable than I do the 17-year-old kids. 
And so Daniel Kalen is sitting here nine days before signing day, eight days before signing day. Now, in all likelihood, knowing that he never has any chance to be the starting quarterback at the University of Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, but where could he go? He can't call Missouri. Missouri filled his spot. How many power schools at this point need a quarterback? Not very many. So his best bet at this point truly is just sign with Nebraska, sit there for a year, the day the portal opens next year, get in it and see if some of the some places that wanted him last year still want him or if something didn't work out with another guy. And so why he has to sit out for a year because at the last minute, you know, the coaches did something that they're fully within their rights to do, but they put him in a really bad spot. Which and they'd be crazy not to do. Like right. Nebraska would be right. crazy not to take Dylan Riola. Like they'd be crazy. Yes. But yeah, crazy world. It is. It is insane. It's a lot of fun though. It it really makes yes. the time between things. I mean, we are thirty <laughs> minutes into recording this, and none of us have even considered talking about Mizzou campus basketball. That that's <laughs> what this is. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Toriano Pride all that much because yeah, like it's that was the that... agency for everybody in America. And also, it's free agency, but it's like if you said, yeah, this guy signed in here, and then maybe he signed in here, but he's still got three weeks to go get more offers. You know, The fact that multiple schools are talking about Mizzou tampering is like the funniest. Like, that is the world that we're living in right now, and that is crazy to me. Like, that's it's crazy. Well, and, and let's just say this. If you are not hampering. Oh. I don't know what happened. You hit your desk, Gabe. You you hit your desk and you. Yeah, we lost. I went on mute. Uh Oh. (laughs) If you're not tampering, you're not doing your job. Uh, Every coach in Power 5 is doing it. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, You know, I I, I said maybe Dabo hasn't been doing it the last couple years. Well. He started now because his program, he, he found out what happens if you don't do this. Yeah. Um, is there rules against tampering? Technically? Well, yeah, but how do you enforce it? I mean, like, I like, doubt Drinkwitz is calling, up, calling them up. Right. Drinkwitz is not talking to Toriano Pride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Toriano Pride played high school football with Luther Burton. Is there a world in which a message could get from Toriano Pride to Eli Drinkwitz that it would sure be cool if he could play football at the University of Missouri? I'm sure. I'm sure. Armand, Mem- Armand Mimbo has already quote tweeted Caven Green's like, right. like hate faucet staple was broadcasting Riley Leonard to Notre Dame when Riley Leonard wasn't in the portal. And guess what? He magically committed to Notre Dame today. I mean, Right. You mentioned Toriano Pride going into the portal with a no contact tag, too, is kind of funny. Uh, just like, yeah, I know where I'm going. Don't talk to me. Max Johnson immediately transferred from A&M and immediately committed to UNC. So it happens, right? I mean, as, as it happens. You just you just have to be a, a part of it. But uh, Gabe, I thought you wrote a really good article of the, the Chamber um, on, on Friday that was very comprehensive. Um, everything going on in terms of uh, recruiting wise as we get really close to that uh, national signing day on the 20th um any more dominoes that uh that are that are leading to fall I don't want to you necessarily give away your whole business plan right uh in terms of how you make money on your website but uh I anything that. yeah no I, I I was thinking about that anything that have been uh, updated to that or any other dominoes that uh, you're keeping your eye on yeah, I mean they'll have they'll have multiple visitors this weekend, mostly transfers. Um, and this is all stuff that that I've posted. Uh, McKylan Pounders, an offensive tackle from Memphis, is going to be in town now. Where does he fall in the priority list after today's news? I'm not sure. Um, but he, he's expected to be in town. Chris McClellan, a defensive tackle from Florida, is he told me he's going to come to town Thursday night, stay till Saturday, then go out to Boulder. He is a Tulsa native who visited uh, Missouri, uh, actually Owasso, Oklahoma, uh, but visited Missouri in high school. Missouri was in his top three with Florida and OU. OU is very much a factor here. Uh, one of these kids that when he went in the portal, everybody kind of thought this is done to Oklahoma and very well may still end up being done to Oklahoma, but he's taken other visits and he's going to be in town. Um, I would be willing to bet that if Missouri 
puts out a team that has Chris McClellan, Williams, Winery, and Caden Green on it the first game of next season, that Mizzou-Oklahoma rivalry about to get a whole lot more fun than it's been. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun to me. Tasty. <laughs> pretty tasty. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe oh, you can bring uh, Daniel Parker back to play in the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are we ready to move on to basketball? Uh, anything we missed on uh, on the football side of things? I think we we did a pretty comprehensive uh, sweep of what's going on on the football front. Yeah, I mean, Cotton Bowl is what what are we sixteen, seventeen days away, right? Uh, yeah. I got I got a note from a guy I know that that covers Ohio State that said the indications actually are that most of their guys who are not in the portal are going to play that game, if not all. Uh, I asked specifically, does that include Marvin Harrison? And he thinks so. So uh, might be more interesting than we have been assuming it's going to be. Good. Glad for that. Um, it'll be interesting to see the quarter. I think their quarterback player wears number 33, by the way, if that tells you anything about the quarterback that they're uh, going to trot out there for this game. <laughs> um, take take with that information to what you will. But let's move on to basketball. Missouri does lose to Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse 73-64. to They fall to 7-3 on the year. Uh, Gabe, before we started recording this podcast, I'm – talking about the column that you wrote immediately following after the game. I thought it echoed a lot of the feelings and thoughts that I had kind of felt as, you know, going into that game, I didn't really think, I guess, this makes me not a real fan. Arrest me, I guess. I didn't really think Mizzou was going to win that basketball game. Uh, And I never really thought it at at, at any time. Uh, The 14-0 run at the end of the half there kind of doomed the Tigers uh, from where it went, but it just was not something that was entirely too compelling to me. It was a weird game. I mean, Missouri got up, what, eight or so, eight or nine early, and had a couple chances to make it 10 or 12, right? And, And if you make it 12, if you make it 15, then it starts to get to the point where you go, oh, hang on, we got something here. But as long they never really pushed it beyond eight or nine, and you kind of knew. Okay, I mean, I even tweeted with at the under eight timeout. I said I think Missouri was up five or six, and I said they've just got to avoid the 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 crippling Allen Fieldhouse run, right? And then right at the under four timeout, El Marco Jackson makes a three. Anthony Robinson fouls him. Four point play ties the game. Missouri got outscored fourteen nothing in the last four twenty six. Uh, and I mean that was it. For the rest of the game, Missouri actually outscored KU outside of that 426. But it was that one run where, I mean, two airballed threes. And I, I thought Missouri deserves a lot of credit for their toughness and for their poise most of the day. But they lost it a little bit during that run. And that run was, was also believable. The problem I found with Mizzou, and it's happened over the past couple of years, is we have found a way in these big games, and it happened against Memphis whenever I was there a few weeks ago, is we, in these big games, we find a way to go four, five, six minutes on these long scoring droughts. And in this game, we went four minutes and 20 seconds without scoring. And I can't figure out why we do it. It doesn't matter who the coach is, what what players are on the team, but we do it in these massive games. And it drives me crazy. Because you can't go to Allen Fieldhouse and go four minutes and 20 seconds without scoring and win a game. Like, you absolutely cannot do it. And like you said, we outscored them the rest of the game. But going four minutes and 20 seconds without scoring, you're never going to win. You will never win. And Allen, I think that one happened because, like, even when Missouri had that eight-point lead, like, I kind of thought, this is really happening only because Sean East is throwing in everything from everywhere. Like, outside of him, they weren't doing nothing. Like, nobody was helping him, even when they got... Like, he had 12 of their first 22 or something like that. So there, nobody else was doing much in that game Um, at that point. I think uh, Connor Vanover ended up making four shots. Nick Honor ended up making five. All that came in the second half. Neither one yeah. of them did much of anything in the first half. I mean, I think Sean East was the only guy who made more than two shots in the first half. You know, and so even though they were up, you just kind of thought, like, I remember Sean taking a couple shots where I go, oh, that's a terrible shot. Oh, well, it went in. Good for him. 
you know, but I don't know how it went, but it did amazing shot. Um, and I just, this team is, they are short a couple of offensive weapons. I think they just, they're not nearly as good offensively as they were last year. And if you watch it, if you watch that game, unfortunately I got the basketball version of the all 22 film because of where the media sits in Allen Fieldhouse. Like the ball movement, the movement on offense just isn't what it was last year. And I don't know if they, it's not, it's because they don't have as good of passers, but it's Nick Honor and Sean East dribbling for 20 seconds, looking for something. And the other guys just aren't, cutting and giving them the options that that those guys had last year. 21 points for Shawnee, six assists in that game. Um, was just kind of a bit by the injury bug uh, when it when it comes to early on this season. Right before the tip, Caleb Grill was announced that he was going to be out to five, seven weeks following an injury that he uh, sustained in the Wichita State game. Uh, that, was, that was a tough blow. Noah Carter left with about eight minutes left in the game with cramps, didn't come back in. Um, and obviously Caleb Brown is out for the season, uh, but they're and and John Tanja is just yeah mystery man of the year. This this we is had the... to have one, right? You have to have one, right? Well, yeah. I mean, be, because like we think he's hurt, but he. Somebody asked Dennis before, like last week, what's John Tanja's availability, and he said the same as it's always been. But but we don't know what that is. Like, what does that mean? You know, I don't, I don't know. I well, now we're now. I respect same as it's always been. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was joking with with uh, somebody after the game. You know, I because I asked about Noah because he'd never yeah. came back, right? And Dennis said, you know, he just he just got a cramp, routine cramp. I'm like, well, I'm I assume 90 minutes before tip off, we're gonna get if the next game, we'll get a note that says Noah Carter's in the hospital. I, yeah. I mean, you know, like I, this is just the way it goes, man. You just got to kind of learn to live with it. It's a good, I mean, it's, I guess it's a good thing they've been playing with a bunch of guys this year uh, because they've been needing to play with a bunch of guys uh, when it comes down to it with all the uh, the injuries they've been having. Uh, that's, that jumped out to me, just the, just, uh, the Caleb Grill injury just before that. Really the fact that they were kind of in that game. I don't know if you really want to take a moral victory if you feel like taking a nine-point win uh, out of Allen Fieldhouse. It's it's a good showing. It's better than the last two years they've played against a KU at home and then in Allen Fieldhouse. But I guess you can take that away from it. But I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood to take away a moral victory when that happened. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not there yet on basketball. I'll be honest, guys. I, I, I don't think anybody, I don't think, like, I didn't get a sense of real anger from the fan base after this game. I th- I think because when you go in with no expectation, you know, then it's hard to end up disappointed. Um, and and I, I'm sure you guys are going to disagree with me on this um, because I know you guys both have a different perspective than I do. And, and when I wrote it yesterday morning, pretty much everybody disagreed with me. I think the rivalry is different. I think it's faded a little bit. Um, you know, not for the two hours during the game, you still want to beat them. You still don't like them. You still raise your kids that they can't breathe the air. I get it, but I it, it seems different to me. Uh, maybe that'll change if Missouri comes out and wins a game in this series. Um, but it, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's quite the vitriol and hatred that I, I think at least Maggie and I grew up being used to in this rivalry. And Tucker, maybe you did too, but you're like 14, so. I think it would be a little bit different if, you know, we played yearly and we played in like both major sports, um, which, you know, we'll see in a couple of years um, how that goes down because it kind of stinks right now that we don't play them in football. So maybe we'll see how it goes. I know we've not always been like a major football rivalry, but um, those years when I was in college – you know, because Kansas was a decent football mm-hmm. school. They weren't, you know, prior to me being in college. But still, it'll be interesting to see if that if that does amp back up, especially if we can get them as a more permanent football rivalry and if we pick up a bigger basketball contract, which, you know, hopefully both schools want to do that. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see. I mean, let's say this for sake of argument, 
this little series in six nothing Kansas. I don't know if it comes back. Maybe it does, but I mean, I still I still like it better than whatever game would replace it on the schedule, right? It's more interesting to me than, for example, Seton Hall or Jackson State or yeah. you know Eastern Illinois. I'd rather watch MUKU than those games, but I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see if if you know you're going into the last year of this and Kansas has won five games by an average of 19 points. If that's something that they, I mean, that's why Missouri Illinois football ended. Illinois couldn't win it, and they said we we, we can take our ball and and go play the Big Ten West, guys. Well, I think as as, as Coach Gates starts, you know, amping up recruiting as well. I think that's what a lot of I think that's why a lot of fans weren't that upset, to be honest with you, yeah. because I know at least a lot of the Mizzou fans I was talking about, a lot of them were like, "Well, we know this is kind of a buffer year, and we only lost by nine. So a lot of us are expecting bigger things out of a team next year. So if we can only lose by nine this year and we're expecting good things out of the next year or, you know, two years, we can take this nine point loss. And I'm not saying, you know, moral victory because I don't also don't like moral victories. But if we can, you know, look to the future, then maybe it's not such a terrible thing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh I mean, they held Hunter Dickerson pretty quiet in that game. I guess you could take away yeah. from that. Uh, they, I mean, the game plan was... They, they, that's yeah. something I think Missouri fans... Should, the game plan was clearly good. Even Self mm-hmm. said, Dennis did... He made the game the way it needed to be for his team to have a chance to win. Yeah. You know, and, and they clearly went into that and said, Dickinson's not going to beat us. And it worked until... AJ Adams figured out, hey, they're leaving this 12-footer wide open for me and I can make it. And that was that that was the difference between those two teams. You took away KU's top option and they had a couple other guys. Missouri doesn't have especially I, I think Caleb Grill would have. But without him especially, mm-hmm. that second and third offensive option just wasn't really there. Yeah. They'll play uh Missouri Arena next year, and then the next two years after that are at uh T Mobile Center in uh in Kansas City. So that'll be cool. The neutral side. I'll be there on Sunday, by the way. Yeah, the, that's the next game for the uh, Missouri Tigers to play Seton Hall at the uh, T-Mobile Center, 4 p.m. I believe they flex they flex the Chiefs game into the noon slot, right? Chiefs there at noon. So yeah, you can watch the Chiefs game and still get there. So I think that will. I think attendance will be. I mean, better than it would be if the Chiefs played at three o'clock. I mean, you get angry. Game also. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, no, let's be honest. Does anybody want to watch that play right now? <laughs> hey, the do- the Dolphins lost last night. Yeah. Made yeah, it a little better. Made it a NFL's little better for you. Everybody in the NFL's back. That's that's the list. It is in the AFC, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's <laughs> they're gonna win that game like three to nothing against the Patriots. <laughs> against Bailey Sappy and the Patriots. Um Golly. Uh anyway, that's gonna do it uh for this episode. Any final thoughts uh before we get going? I feel like we should talk about the point guard of the future momentary or briefly. Maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh Aaron yeah. Rowe, who like I first heard his name as an eighth grader. Um, you know, big deal in <laughs> Columbia. Like there were Missouri fans that, that were wondering a game into, I think, his freshman year, why Conzo Martin hadn't offered him. So that's how long Aaron's been a name on the, on the yeah. scene in Columbia. Went to Link, came back, uh, committed to Missouri this afternoon over K-State and Tennessee. Can't sign for a year. But, you know, generally when you commit this early, um, I mean, I know we just talked about Dylan Rathbullet committing this early and moving to Georgia, and Aaron Rowe already lives in Columbia, so who knows, right? Maybe maybe Matt Rule will sign, uh, sign Aaron Rowe in a year, but I think I think all very good things. Um, you know, I talked to him, and, and he talked about what Gates has done with the program and bringing fans back to the arena and, and the chance to play at home and all that. So you stack that. 2024 recruiting class he's got coming in with a top like honor voting is the highest ranked guy they've signed since Michael and he's 21st right now we've got Aaron 25th so mm-hmm. you know this is another kind of cornerstone kid and I think it's a big deal to have it be a point guard 
because that's your leader on the floor. So now he's your leader on the recruiting trail for the next 12 months. Is he a, a, a high four-star or is he a He's a four-star right now. Um, obviously in that territory that could get bumped up to five, you know, um, and has, has a year and a half left in high school. Uh, not he, he moved back from Springfield, so or from Branson, I should say. So, not eligible until second semester starts at Tolton. But um, I don't know exactly what game it is. But uh, you know, he told me his first game is going to be a home game, and he's looking forward to to that. And I'm sure that a lot of uh, local people will uh, will be excited to watch him play, knowing that he is going to play here for another three years at least. Well. Two years at least. Who knows? One year at least. We don't know what college sports is anymore. <laughs> no, very exciting. Um, Mizzou is killing it on both sports on the recruiting trail. Uh, I had a lot of people ask me just, you know, about next year's class because when you just go and hop under the, the, you know, your rival's recruiting rankings and you see Mizzou at the top, you're like, wait a second. Mizzou basketball up at the top of the this recruiting rankings? Like, yeah. Dennis Gates isn't messing around. Great to start that 2025 class off with uh, a great, great prospect. Very excited to see uh, what he can do uh, in Columbia. Yeah. Thanks for stopping me, Gabe. I appreciate it. I <laughs> was so focused on uh, on the transfer portal and Caden Green uh, that I just totally forgot about the huge commitment. Yeah. Um, a lot of things going on. A lot of things, indeed. Maggie, do you have any final thoughts? Um... No, I can't think of any other secret commitments, so. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. Um, I can't either, but I appreciate our folks at Home Field Apparel for suiting us out. Uh, go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode of Mizzou That Soup because I'm sure 1,500 things will happen before then. So, until then, that's Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson. I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you guys next. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.